Welcome to the Healthy Perspective Podcast with your host, chiropractor, entrepreneur, mentor, and author, Dr. Chris Bowman. He'll break down and extract the secret sauce behind his own success and the success of some of the top leaders in every category and from around the world. Get ready for your weekly mental adjustment because shift is going to happen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Perspective podcast. Today is going to be a super fun episode. Last time we had a a doctor of naturopathy on. Today, we're going to have a farmer and physician's assistant, one of my friends, Rob McDaniel. He's the owner of Primal Pastures and local physician's assistant, husband and father. We've had the opportunity to watch Primal Pastures um, grow, living locally. Um, We did their farm share, uh, meat share for a long time. And um, it's been so fun to watch them kind of start over on a new property. Um, and it's inspiring for us because, you know, you, you go to their property and the pasture was growing beautifully. All the, all the produce was going beautifully. And now it's like we get to see what it's like to start from the beginning. Um, so I'm excited to have Rob share kind of the history of Primal Pastures, his involvement, what it's like starting over. And then he's actually going to be one of our speakers at the first annual Health and Homesteading Conference here in a couple of weeks. So we're going to have uh, get a little sneak peek on what he intends on sharing um, and then just give you a vision of what Primal Pastures um, you know, hopes to be uh, for the area to give you a little inspiration um, and just to think a little bit bigger than just your own homestead. But what you what can you do to be a value and asset to community, especially as the world is going in a place where your network and your friends are going to be more valuable than anything else that you can put your hands on. Um, so, Rob, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. Excited to be on. So we've had uh, Primal Pastures out here for a little while, kind of sprouted to a little bit of fame when you were on Justin Rhodes's, um, what was that called? A Great American Farm Tour. Uh, why don't you give us a little mm-hmm. history of your involvement in, in Primal Pastures and kind of what you're doing now? Yeah. So uh, we started about 10 years ago, um, living in my parents' house out in Temecula Wine Country. Um, me, my brother, my brother-in-law, my dad and I kind of sitting around around tossing some ideas of healthier different lifestyle choices we could make uh essentially what happened is we were kind of tired of paying a lot of prices for these labeled these organic these you know cage-free all these different labels on these meat is grass-fed really grass-fed what are all these mean more we researched it the more we realized we were spending all these extra dollars in the grocery store and not getting what we thought we were getting. So Mm. we kind of all put our heads together, started the farm back in 2010 or 2012, uh, really did it more just to provide for our families. That was our goal all along is to produce food for our families. Uh, and then people started finding out about it and gained a little more traction, a little more traction. And we went from 50 chickens for our family that we ended up selling, uh, and didn't even get to try any. Oh. And then realized after about a year that there was, you know, probably a pretty good business here and eventually added lamb and beef and turkey and pork. And it just grew and grew and grew. And, and now here we are. It's crazy to think about. Cause like homesteading is kind of popular now you know like there's a lot of youtube channels people are making a living off of just showing what they're doing on the farm you guys were doing it before you know anyone ever thought of like growing your own food you know what kind of went into that thought process of just like we're just gonna get get chickens like just thrown you know thrown into the fire type of thing 
so the, basically the way it happened is we were sitting around talking and I was under the impression everybody was on board with the idea. They're like, all right, we're going to get chickens. We're going to raise them in the backyard. And so my dad, my brother, uh, my brother-in-law and I were sitting around and I went into the other room and I ordered 54 chickens and I came back. I said, all right, guys, we got 54 chickens coming. They'll be here in two weeks. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, what? Like, honestly, none of us had even raised a dog before. So uh, we had grow farming experience. No idea what was going on. I was like, all right, well, we got two and a half weeks. Let's start researching what the heck we're going to do. So uh, we built a little makeshift brooder in the, in the shed out in the backyard and then started building our mobile solitin coops and, and, and went from there. But yeah, I, uh, the main reason we wanted to produce the food is we kind of had these different health issues. I know Paul was dealing with a lot of arthritis. I was having just different allergies and digestive issues. Uh, my dad was fighting all sorts of, um, chronic conditions. And so we took it upon ourselves to kind of take charge in our diet and our health. And, um, this was before I really had any medical experience or any knowledge of that, you know, just researching, uh, on my own, trying to figure out what, what goes into why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Uh, and up until probably 10 years ago, I was a college kid. I'd go to the cafeteria. I'd crush, you know, whatever I could in mm -hmm. there, eat as much as I could. Never even had any correlation to how well I played in sports, to what I was eating or how well I was sleeping or feeling. And that's when we started noticing that, all right, what we're putting into our body is what we're going to get out of it. And so uh, that's pretty much the, the foundation of what got us going. And as you start to add more animals, you start to understand the, the nature of them and the partnership with the land. Why don't you talk a little bit about just the, the philosophy of, of primal pastures, why it's different than a lot of these, even supposed organic or free range, you know, type of type of farms. What are you guys doing differently? Yeah, so really what we, we emphasize is regenerative agriculture. You know, when we were starting, there were, there were a few companies who were talking about, oh, we're sustainable. And that even bothered us too. We're like, sustainable is more treading water. Like if, if you're being sustainable, you're not making anything better, but it's not getting worse, which is okay, but not really what we want to look for. And if you look around the world, you look at, you know, the Great Plains 100 years ago, you, you look at all these places where nature kind of has its plan, you realize that it's this huge uh, intertwined, uh, you know, these ecosystems where everything works together to better the environment, better the, the soil, better the, the crops, the meal. We started researching that, looking at that. Um, you know, there are people way before us still, Joel Salatin, Alan Savory, all these guys who had done these research for, you know, 10, 20 years that we were we were studying. And basically we started with chicken on ground that had never been farmed, never had grass, never had uh, it had natural grasses, you know, annual grasses mm -hmm. and stuff grow on it, but um, no pasture at all. And we said, all right, we're going to put chickens out here. We're going to let them drop manure. We're going to rotate them every day. And then we started doing that. 
And after about a year, the soil got so healthy that the pastures were, you know, a foot or taller before the chickens could get to them. And we're like, all right, well, the chickens are struggling to walk through some of this pasture. It's so tall. Let's see how nature does it. And then when you go to how nature does it, you look at, you know, the African Serengeti where you have the ruminant animals come through first. You got these giant wildebeests that come through and the grass is, you know, two feet tall and they eat it down to about six inches. And then you have the, the antelope and the smaller ruminant animals come behind and they eat it down to, you know, little stems where it's like six, seven uh, or six inches or less. And then all of a sudden all the birds of the, the Serengeti come mm. through and they pick the, the, uh, the manure, they eat the larva, the flies, the bugs, worms, and you see the way it works and it's intertwined. And then you see that they leave the area for the next year and they let the rains come and then they let all that manure go in and fertilize it. And then when they come back next year, it's healthier that um, the way, you know, it's been designed, the way that this uh, um, rotation, if you will, is, is beautifully created that we started mimicking that. So we went from our chickens, we're like, all right, we got to put something ahead of them. So we ended up getting a cow and that was our lawnmower ahead of the chickens. Mm -hmm. And then the cows are pretty specific to only eating grass. So we'd have some grass and then we'd have these like broadleaf weeds and stuff that weren't really getting eaten. So that's when you bring in the smaller ruminants because you have, you know, sheep, goats, things like those. They really enjoy those more um, leafy weeds. And so you put all these together and then all of a sudden you have <clears throat> this beautiful rotation where you hit the ground really hard, you drop all this manure on it, you irrigate it, you let it rest for 90 to 180 days. And then when you come back, it's even healthier. The soil's better, the grass is better, which in turn makes the animals healthier and obviously a much better product. That's that's beautiful. And and you know, nobody can look at that and be like, man, you're contributing to carbon emissions, you're contributing to you know, you're breaking down the earth. You can really see how you're literally building it up, you're building up topsoil and which is holding more water, it's sequestering more carbon. Everything about it is better for the animals and, and better for us. And I, I have a quote that I like to say when I'm teaching a like a health workshop, or whatever. It's it's not you are what you eat, but you are what you eat ate. You know, so if those cows are eating GMO corn and, you know, artificially fertilized grass and, you know, this and that, the milk that you're getting, the yogurt that you're eating, the beef that you're getting really is a, a shell of, of what it could be. It's pro-inflammatory instead of anti-inflammatory. Um, it's disease producing instead of disease preventing. Um, and so I love that food that's healthy for you is also healthy, you know, for the earth. And I'm sure you get the question all day, like, well, how do I know, like, what's healthy or what's not healthy or, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, look, if, if it produced a byproduct that is deteriorating the earth, then most likely the product is also doing the same thing to you. You know, if it produced a right. byproduct that is useful and building up the earth, then most likely it's going to be doing the same thing for you. Um, yeah. So I, I love that. Nothing goes to waste. Um, moving into kind of like your, your career in the health field, what inspired that? How has farming kind of influenced your philosophy when taking care of patients? Yeah. So, um, when I decided to go into medicine, it was essentially around the same time we started the farm, uh, kind of had this, you know, personal awakening where I was like, all right, there's a lot more going on that, you know, 
we don't know about, we don't pay attention to. And I was like, what better way to kind of, you know, make the change than one, be somebody who's producing the change. Mm -hmm. And then two, being on the front lines and, and talking to these patients who, you know, cause prior to this, I had no idea about any of it. I mean, I thought you went to McDonald's and you could just get a Big Mac and that's how you sustain life. I had mm -hmm. zero concept of what I was putting into my body. You know, it, I wasn't a guy who drank soda or anything like that, but you know, I would drink a Gatorade and think it was healthy, not realizing right. there's 50 grams of sugar in it. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I was like, Oh, sugar is bad for you. <laughs> so, uh, coming from my own area of just, you know, lack of knowledge, it, it really, really played into the fact where, all right, I have, I have the ability to be trained and to understand this on a whole nother level, uh, to where I can actually impact people, which is funny because when I got into med school, PA school, uh, they do a white coat ceremony as like the, the opening mm -hmm. day where they, they sit around and you get your, your miniature white coat and everybody claps for you and cheers for you and gears you up for it. And I remember sitting there, primal pastors is about two years old at this time. And <laughs> they go, and our sponsor is Denny's. Oh gosh. And so then I was like, you cannot be serious. It's <laughs> like, we've got Denny's sponsoring our, our PA school and everybody didn't even bat an eye at it. I, yeah. I was like, how are we supposed to be the people who are like in charge of health in our country and like taking care of these patients and, and we're sponsored by Denny's not to knock Denny's food or anything. I mean, if you want to eat it, you eat it. But if you're really trying to care about the whole health of a person, you're probably not, not sending them to Denny's. Right. <laughs> what, what, and what an opportunity you have too, because coming from chiropractic school, you know, we're entrenched in, you know, the, all the ways to, to care for your bodies. Cause we're not, we're not using medicine to help heal people. We we're, we're honoring the body's self-healing properties. And so we get to think different than medicine as far as not having a diagnosis. I mean, sometimes it's helpful, but not having a diagnosis for a symptom, but like, let's just apply a healthy lifestyle and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You get to really understand from the medical perspective, either how blind they are, how ignorant they are, or how easy it is just to write a script, whether that's the, the provider's fault or the patient's fault. Because sometimes I'm sure you have it, patients just complain and they all they want is a, a pill to cover up their symptoms. Can you speak to a, a little bit of um, what what would need, like in, in, a, in a perfect world, if you could like redo, I know you don't want to, as I don't want to do chiropractic school, what, what courses or what things would you add to the medical system that would help our providers be a little bit more, you know, informed on um, the philosophy of, you know, self-healing, self-regenerating, um, you know, the, the body that, that is, is sick, is, is sick for a reason, not just because you have a lack of a medication. Yeah. I, I think one of the, the biggest glaring holes in medicine, uh, especially the education of it is there's just no nutrition. Um, mm. You, you go through and you read all these courses, you go through your pediatrics course, your adult medicine course, and you're reading, you know, the diagnosis, the prognosis, the treatment, all mm. of these things. And let's take diabetes, for instance, and you're learning about that. And the first thing in almost every disease is diet modification and exercise. 
and it's maybe one sentence in there and says, hey, diet modification and exercise has been shown to help with this. And probably 99.9% of the diseases. <laughs> and that's it. And that's all they touch on. And wow. not once did we have a not once did we have a nutrition class. Not once did we learn about the quality of food over the quantity of it. You know what I mean? And so and I've talked to multiple doctors I work with. There's just no education in education on nutrition or wow. you know, different types of exercises or anything. It's so yeah, you come to the doctor and hey, my blood sugar's out of control. Okay, well, we got to make some diet changes, but you know, you look at the American Heart Association, you look at some of these healthy recommendations that they have and this is mostly I'm in the hospital now and the thing that absolutely drives me crazy is when I can walk into a diabetics room and they're eating breakfast and they've got waffles with a pound of syrup on it. It's like, how is this a diabetic diet? Like you put the diabetic diet order in, <laughs> and these, these are what these patients are eating. And I sit there and I talk with them about it. I was like, this is, I mean, I understand that they're feeding you this, but we have to, we have to do better. And I mean, I, when I first started, I was, you know, green, I was going to change the world. I was yeah. ambitious. I was so fired up. And I think the first 500 patients, I sat down and I talked to them about diet and I, I never really told them about primal pastures or anything, but I led them down that road to, mm -hmm. to, Hey, this is how you can eat healthier. These are the changes you can make. And honestly, I think maybe four of the first 500 patients I, I talked to maybe did something. And it's actually kind of cool because they'll still come out to the farm. And, and I've That's seen people cool. who, um, had this 32 year old guy, uh, terrible, uh, inflammatory bowel disease. And I was like, Hey, okay, let's do this. Let's change our diet. Let's eliminate some things. Let's get rid of, you know, inflammatory foods. Um, he still comes out and he's lost 50 pounds and he feels great. And he's like, dude, nobody told me about this. I dealt with this for 15 years. Wow. And then all of a sudden I just, I made some lifestyle changes and I feel great. He's like, he was on by a lot of heavy, heavy medications for this. And I was like, Let's just try and see what's causing the problem. Mm. And, and to kind of what you said, it's, is it the, is it the provider's fault? Is it the patient's fault? It's like our entire culture is messed up with it because you have, you know, everybody in Western medicine is so designed to have a quick fix. And it's like, well, you spent 25 years destroying your body. There's not a pill that's going to reverse that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can come in and give you something that's going to make your symptoms go away, but all of those issues are still going to be going on under the surface and eventually it's going to wear you down. So re-educating patients on that is, is hard, especially now that I'm in the hospital and you've got, you know, these 70, 80 year old patients who have 70 and 80 year old habits. <laughs> so uh, every once in a while, you know, I think I go probably one for a hundred, one for 200, you get somebody that listens and, and understands wow. and is, you know, not too stubborn to make changes, but I'll go in and I'll spend five, 10 minutes just laying out other options. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we can do this and this will really help. And maybe one person will say, oh, okay. Everybody else is like, Oh yeah, just up my medication or do this. It's like, and at, at that point it's like, well, whatever. Yeah, I can yeah. only do whatever you're willing to do. So right. I'll work as hard as you want to work. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that story that you told with the, the breakfast or whatever it was being sponsored by, by Denny's, you know, and cause it paints yeah. such a, it, it paints such a clear picture, like no one bad an eye, like no one's like wondering, it's like, oh, free food, that's awesome, you know, but that's also 
such a fire for motivation. Like what if the next, you know, graduating class was sponsored by Primal Pastures? Or what if there was a hospital put on by, you know, Primal Pastures? You know, like something like that, where it's like the food that they get is is better or, you know, and, and I think that's such an interesting way to go to go about it. And I love how that distills all the way down into your core values of why you started. Like we're not going to be a drag on the system. We are going to be producers and creators for this system to help make change. And, and I love, I mean, gets me fired up. It's like, man, what if I could sponsor a hospital, like Trailhead Hospital or something like that, where it's like you get adjusted right. and you eat this food first and your insurance is not going to cover it. Like, you know, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. But um, I, I love that, man. And I love the vision. Well, we're super excited to have you for the Health and Homesteading Conference here, June 25th, um, a couple of weeks away. Um, can you give us a sneak peek on, I'm sure this whole conversation is a sneak peek, but um, what you plan on, uh, you know, talking about? And, and then if people want to know more about Primal Pastures, where can they go find out about you? And, and then we'll conclude it from there. Yeah, super excited to be there for that. Um, we'll be we'll be breaking down kind of a little bit more of what we talked about. I'll be breaking down the misleading label game, uh, the importance of nutrition in in your diet, and the importance of nutrition and one staying out of the hospital so you don't have to see me. Uh, two, we didn't really talk about it much, but I'll get into it. Is um, we do regenerative agriculture on the farm where we improve it and make things better. Basically re regenerative nutrition is what we'll talk about a little bit as well, too. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. It's always fun to have brothers in arms, people in the local area that we can just build each other up. You know, I've always believed that Temecula and Marietta can be better. Um, I've always Absolutely. been disappointed when people have to drive to San Diego or Orange County for the best medical care. Like what if they're driving out to, to here because we do things different, not because we do medicine better, but because of our philosophy right. of health is better. And, and I love that this conference is just going to start, you know, adding spokes to that wheel. So that way we can all, you know, depend upon each other and, and really just, just make a difference in this Valley. So Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'm assuming you just, people want to get a hold of you. Primal Pastures on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Yeah, primalpastures.com. Check our website out. Uh, we ship direct to consumer four days a week. So order from us shows up at your door usually a day or two later. Uh, we've got everything you need. Uh, any questions, Instagram, Facebook, um, email us. We're there for you. Awesome. And, they and now come out come out to the farm. Come check out our new U-Pick. Yeah, so I, I was just going to say uh, they finally got their summer. approval. So they're, they're having people out there now and um, I'm excited to go see it. We can't make this one, but we're going to be there for the next one for sure. Awesome. We're stoked, cool. man. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Perspective Podcast. To connect with Dr. Bowman, follow him on Instagram at Dr. Chris Bowman. Until next time, make shift happen.